Hi, everybody. This is Stefan Molyneux from Free Domain Radio. Please be advised that there is some strong language in this presentation as the result of reading witness statements and interactions with the alleged killer. On July 22, 2016, 18-year-old German-Iranian dual national Ali David Somboli murdered three women and six men during the latest German shooting-slash-terrorist attack in Munich. The nine victims were between the ages of 14 and 45, and at least 16 others were wounded. This attack comes only four days after teenage asylum seeker Mohammed Rayad injured nine people in a Würzburg, Germany regional train using both an axe and a knife. Officials have reported that Rayad was inspired by ISIS, the Islamic State group, but not officially connected to them, I guess, kind of like a tribute band. Four days before that, 84 people, including 10 children, were killed and 308 were injured in the Bastille Day terrorist attack in Nice, France. Tunisian-born Mohamed Lahouish Boulel drove a massive box truck into a crowd while reportedly shouting Allahu Akbar and ISIS beheading videos and Omar Mateen research was later found on his computer. Boulel's uncle, Sadouk Boulel, claimed that his nephew was indoctrinated about two weeks prior to the attack by an Algerian member of the Islamic State. I'm not sure he reported any of this to the authorities. This, of course, uh, goes along with the attack in France recently where a Muslim migrant stabbed a woman and her three daughters for being inappropriately dressed and in Kabul. A death toll from a suicide attack has climbed to more than 80 killed and more than 230 injured. This uh, attack in Kabul was claimed by the terrorist group Islamic State. It was the deadliest bombing in Kabul since April. The Munich shootings came five years to the day of the July 22, 2011 slaughter of 77 people by Anders Bering Breivik in Norway. Both police and the media have attempted to link the Munich attack to the anniversary of the far-right Breivik attacks, which is noteworthy given that Breivik was a self-professed national socialist and decried both Islam and cultural Marxism as the enemy. Police reported that Sonboli had lived in Germany for at least two years and possibly longer. The shooter, Sonboli, had accessed a female classmate's Facebook account to lure people to a Hanauer Street McDonald's near Munich's Olympia shopping mall with the promise of free food, only to deliver death and destruction. So understand, this is the apparent methodology. He puts out free food, attempting to lure children to the McDonald's so he can shoot them. An unnamed witness said, I came out of the I came out of the toilet in McDonald's and I hear like like an alarm, boom, boom, boom. He's killing the children. The children were sitting to eat. They can't run. Could be anyone's child, could be your child. Witnesses in McDonald's, including a Muslim woman, described hearing somebody shouting Allahu Akbar during the shooting. German Interior Minister Thomas D. Messier has claimed the attacker had no links to international terrorism. 
but supporters of the Islamic State quickly took to social media to celebrate the slaughter. It's amazing what they can do in what? 16 hours. In 16 hours, the interior minister can guarantee no links to international terrorism because that's how quickly they work. Now, interestingly enough, the BBC has dropped the Ali part of the name in its coverage of the incident. They're now reporting the shooter as David Sambali without the Ali part. All it is is damage control these days from the media, folks. Now, video is available of Sambali as he left the McDonald's and then opened fire into a group of people on the sidewalk who all, of course, fled for their lives. The shooter then moved to the Olympia shopping mall where the bloodletting continued. Mall employee Lynn Stein said, people started running. I went outside as well. More more people were running outside. I I think I heard more shots. Then it sounded like he went to the parking house next to the mall. Several shots there. I saw somebody lying on the floor, presumably dead, and there's a woman over them crying. Unnamed Olympia Mall employee said, many shots were fired. I I can't say how many, but it's been a lot. All the people from outside came streaming into the store, and I only saw one person on the ground who was so severely injured that he definitely didn't survive. Shop assistant Stefan Meyerhofer said, I heard um, muffled shots. It sounded as if they came from the direction of the center's management. Then all of a sudden, more people walked past, screaming at our store. I've holed up me then with the others who are just in the store in an office space. We are still here. Reporter Lena Deutsch. All of the police forces are at the shopping center and at the official places in Munich as well. They are trying to close everything down because we do not know where the person who's been doing the shooting is at the moment. Munich's chief of police, Marcus de Gloria Martins, as 2,300 German police officers swarmed the area, quote, You must trust your local police. Munich police is very well trained. There are people who have been traumatized by this, and I can tell you they are in the double figures. During these events, a witness recorded video of Somboli in the Olympia shopping mall's parking garage and the frantic back-and-forth discussion which occurred between them. A man said, You fucking asshole! You! The gunman said, Because of you, I was bullied for seven years! Man, You wanker, you! You're a wanker! Gunman, And now I have to buy a gun to shoot you! Man, A gun? Fuck off! Your head should be cut off, you asshole! And then there is unintelligible shouting. The man says, He's got a gun! Here the guy has one! Additional voice, Shit! Fucking Turks! Man, Fucking foreigner! Aye, he's got a gun! He has loaded his gun! Get the cops here! He's walking around here! The wanker! The gunman says, I am German! The man says, You're a wanker! Is what you are! The gunman said, Stop filming! The man said, a wanker is what you are. What the fuck are you doing? Shooter, yeah, what? I was born here. 
man says, yeah, and what the fuck you think you're doing? The gunman said, I grew up here in the Hartz 4 area. That's a area full of people in the town who are taking unemployment benefits from the German government. There is a back and forth, it's unintelligible conversation where the shooter mentions something about stationary treatment, uh, like in a psychiatric ward, you get treated there. And the man says, yeah, treatment is something for you. Gunman says, I haven't done anything here for unintelligible. Please shut your mouth. The man says, you cunt, you. Hey, he's on the upper floor here. Shots are fired. Man calls the gunman a cunt once again. The man says, they must have been shitting into your head. That's German slang for propaganda. Gunman says, they have not. They have not. That's the thing. They have not. An unnamed male witness said, I live right on the mall. I was actually just leaving to go eat with my mom, but then I heard loud bangs. I watched from the balcony and saw two bodies on the ground outside of the Saturn media store. Then I saw the alleged perpetrator. He ran into the mall. I saw how he ran on the parking deck. He was wearing a a pair of dark trousers and a dark T-shirt and a red backpack. In his hand, he held a weapon that looked like a pistol. He walked around there and screamed that he was German and grew up here. He yelled towards our house facade that we should stop filming. It is a very large house with many balconies. I'm guessing that at this point, almost all of the inhabitants who were at home were on the balcony and looking. Then he shot two times on the wall of the building. I think then he ran away. I heard even more shots. I don't know how many. Then the first police cars arrived with flashing lights and sirens. You know, you don't see a lot of this stuff in Texas. I think there'd be a little less swearing and a little bit more shooting back. But uh, Germany, of course, has very restrictive gun laws. Um, And as a psychiatric patient or ex-psychiatric patient, clearly the shooter should have been a gun-free zone, but somehow wasn't. But it's okay, because the police arrived to help identify the bodies. According to an American witness, Emile Stahl, quote, from the balcony we were able to witness about 50 people running towards our house seeking shelter. Sirens started to arrive and a helicopter appeared. I feel very lucky because I had been there an hour before and I was just about to return. Me and my family, we were saved. We are completely safe, but there were still a lot of people running. God knows what would have happened to us if my family had decided to go to that shopping mall a half an hour later. We might not be alive now. Parent, Naim Zabukja. My son was together with his friend. His friend just called me. He said that they had bought some drinks and wanted to sit outside and have a drink. The perpetrator was just two meters away from them. He opened fire. The friend managed to flee and my son was shot dead. I'm living as if in a nightmare. Munich resident Erica Fischer. The two boys who lived next to us were shot here last night and died at 2.33 a.m. Now it is calm here. We just wanted to be with all the young people. We live here. We 
know it. We thought it wouldn't happen to us, but we have crazy people here too. Apart from that, we are just speechless. Sanbali reportedly used an illegally obtained Glock 17 semi-automatic handgun with a filed-down serial number in the attack and did not possess a gun license while having had 300 rounds of ammunition on his person. Documents about spree shootings and the book Trouble in the Head, Why School Kids Kill were found in his room at his parents' home. Great job, parents! Way to stay on top of a disturbed child. The shooter had failed out of school, complaining that he had been bullied by, quote, Turkish and Arabic classmates. An investigation into the online video showing the gunman describing being bullied for seven years has led some to believe this was a revenge attack. According to an unnamed neighbor, he lived right next to me. A friend of mine went to school with him and said he was rather a quiet guy. He recognized him from the videos, from the scene. Unnamed 14-year-old female classmate. He was not popular at school. He had only two or three friends that he would hang out with. In an argument, he said he wanted to carry out a massacre. He said, I will kill you all! The classmate, on seeing him before the shooting, he was just standing, looking down. Usually he would say hello, but he did not even look at me as I walked past. According to a male neighbor named Stephen, he only ever said hi. His whole body language was of somebody who was very shy. He never came into the cafe. He was just a neighbor and took out the trash, but never talked. According to Macedonian neighbor Talij Dalpi, I am shocked. What happened to the boy? Only God knows what happened. I have no idea what happened. But he was a good human being. I have no idea if he did anything bad. Well, that's a great thanks for the clarification. A New York Times reporter, Rukmini Kalamachi, obtained an old photo from a neighbor showing somebody much younger and smiling, noting the neighbor described him as a lovable boy. And this is the Trayvon Martin treatment. You find a young picture of the person smiling and You didn't really see a lot of those from Dylan Roof, uh, from Dylan Roof's childhood. The media has reported Sombali to be obsessed with violent computer games, giving himself screen names such as Godlike and Psycho, and being banned from gaming chat rooms for aggressive and threatening behavior. So that's interesting. So, the mods of gaming chat rooms identified this guy as a danger and took decisive action. You know, unlike his parents, his community, his teachers, his friends, his doctors, his neighbors, the police. I don't know, what are we supposed to do now? Put gaming mods in charge of the cops? The cops did nothing. When this guy's out there saying, I want to kill you all, I'm going to go on a shooting rampage. But boy, you put one tweet out skeptical of the value of migrants, bung, 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 the police are at your door. Somebody had also previously received psychiatric treatment. Now, what this means, I don't know. What I'm going to guess is that he was put on SSRIs, on psychotropic drugs, which can provoke homicidal desires and fantasies. Early statements from the Munich police reported witness accounts of, quote, three different people 
with weapons. These reports indicated a vehicle being driven from the mall area at a high rate of speed following the shooting, but three individuals were stopped by police nearby, stripped and searched, but reportedly found to be unrelated to the shootings. Now, this is very common, as Mike Cernovich has pointed out. It's very common that in these initial reports, you will hear multiple shooters, and it turns out to be one. Now, it could be because, of course, witnesses in a state of panic can be less than perfectly reliable. But it could also be that there was more than one shooter, but this information is kept under wraps in order to portray it as a mad lone person, a lone gunman, and to not freak out the population with the possibility that collusion is going on among a variety of people. The body of Ali David Sonbali was later found on a side street near the mall, dead from an apparently self-inflicted gunshot wound to the head. <sighs> French President François Hollande, the guy who charges the people of France more than $14,000 a month for his haircuts. The guy's half bald anyway. What is a dollar a hair? Probably be cheaper. Bad socialist, $14,000 a month for your haircuts. French President François Hollande said, The terrorist attack that struck Munich, killing many people, is a disgusting act that aims to foment fear in Germany after other European countries. Germany will resist. It can count on France's friendship and cooperation. Okay, François, can I call you narcissistic Frank? You know, sometimes... It's okay to feel fear. Sometimes it's okay to panic. Sometimes, in fact, it's kind of essential to panic. <sighs> but, of course, not if you want to control the narrative. United States President Barack Obama, you should watch this on YouTube, the, the video of him. So he starts, you know, do seriousness. And then in the same press conference, shortly after the do seriousness about this attack, he's like giggling and joking and smiling ear to ear and making jokes about his daughter. <sighs> Gives me the spiny spider crawlies. U.S. President Barack Obama said, Our hearts go out to those who may have been injured. It's still an active situation. Germany's one of our closest allies. So we are going to pledge all the support that they may need in dealing with these circumstances. German Chancellor Angela Merkel I do thank you for pulling together in the name of the whole German country, now in mourning with a heavy heart for those who will never return to their families. For those families, parents and children for whom everything will seem empty today, we do share your pain, we think about you, we suffer with you. Our thoughts also go to the several injured. May you quickly and completely recover, and you will get all the support you need from us. Yeah, she doesn't have any kids. Migrants are her kids. But what does this say? For those families, parents and children for whom everything will seem empty today. Today. You know, your kids have been gunned down in the food court inside a McDonald's. Gunned down because maybe they showed up for free food. Gunned down. Blood spattered all over the Ronald McDonald's. Bullet holes through the pop bottles into their little tiny beating hearts. Gunned down. You will bury them. You will never see them again. This side of the worms, but you're just going to feel empty today. Tomorrow, you know, just think of it as like a 24-hour bug. You know, it hits you hard, but tomorrow, you'll be fine. <sighs> she went on to say, This night is very difficult for all of us, especially because within recent days we have had sad news 
such as Nice, where a lorry attacker killed 84 people. Then the horrific axe attack on a train near Würzburg. It, it, it's not sad news, Angela. It's not sad. Sad is my dog died of old age. Not my dog was stuffed into a multicultural blender and somebody hit frappe. She went on to say, The severely injured are still suffering in the motives and the background of the man who came to Germany a year ago and was brainwashed by Islamic State will be clarified. I I think you just clarified it. He came to Germany a year ago and was brainwashed by Islamic State. I I don't know that you need a lot more clarification than that. (sighs) She went on to say, Since yesterday evening, we have had many messages from abroad to let Germans know that they are by our side. It is good to know that we have many friends when standing against violence. We will also not rest until we know how the attacker in Würzburg was radicalized. The state will do all it can to protect people in Germany. She said this with a straight face. Let's see. Let's just have a look at all the state is doing to protect people in Germany. Asylum applications by country, 2000 to 2015. Germany, you see, is is the white line. So, couple of questions. Where did this shooter get the money? I mean, he was in a sort of unemployment district. I don't know if that's a ghetto or whatever, but... A, state, a district in the city where lots of people are unemployed. Where did he get the money? Was he on unemployment? Was he on welfare? Were his parents on welfare? Is this your German tax dollars at work? See, when you have, and this is true throughout human history, when you have a large contingent of young men with no future, they can't get jobs, they can't get married, they can't settle down, they can't undergo the grooming and civilizational process known as settling down, well... Your society is in for a whole roller coaster of problems. And um, a million of these migrants came into Germany last year. And the vast majority of German companies said, well, we haven't hired any of them at all. The top 30 companies on the German stock exchange said they could not employ any of the new arrivals. The companies said, well, the migrants lack the necessary qualifications needed to fill any of their roles, street sweeper, janitor, bricklayer, nothing. Although the companies that were surveyed employed 4 million workers, they in fact only hired 54 migrants. Now, 50 of those 54 migrants are employed by the German post office. Not the most rigorously competitive institute in the world, The vast majority of top German companies have hired no migrants at all. Software giant SAP reported having two migrants working for them. And there's a a pharmaceutical manufacturer named Merck said also they've hired two migrants. The Institute for World Economics in Kiel estimated that only 2% of recent migrants to Germany are employable at all. Professor Ludger Wussmann, director of the Center for the Economics of Education in Munich, said his research showed that at least two-thirds of the migrants can't read or write. 
not German. That's understandable. Dirty dust, a little complicated. But two-thirds of the migrants can't read or write in their own language. They are completely illiterate or functionally illiterate in their own language. So assimilation is not just a cultural act. It's not watching TV or reading books or chatting with your neighbors. My argument is that assimilation and integration is fundamentally an economic process. An economic process. You assimilate because you have to in order to survive economically in the area that you're going to. Right? If I move to China and I'm going to starve to death or have, a, or have to move back if I go to China, and I, then I'm going to have to learn Mandarin. I'm going to have to learn the local cultures and customs and find a way to integrate because that's how I'm going to survive economically. When you create this giant moat or this giant bubble of the welfare state, economic integration becomes, I believe, somewhat difficult, to put it mildly. There is no assimilation, I believe, without economic assimilation. When there's a welfare state, the drivers for cultural assimilation, which is the need for economic assimilation, don't exist. You can create these isolated communities that can look inwards, that don't have to interact with and learn the values of the economy as a whole that they are surrounded by, and that creates huge, huge problems. And people say, ah, you see, America was a nation of immigrants in the 19th century. Yes, and there was no welfare state. In fact, two-thirds of the people who moved to America in the 19th century moved back home because they didn't like it or couldn't make it. It makes sure that the most entrepreneurial, intelligent, ambitious, potentially successful people are the ones who dive into learning German, learning the values, figuring out how they can survive and flourish in the German economy. When you set up this biosphere, this obsidian, impenetrable biosphere of the welfare state, that process doesn't happen much, if at all. And the numbers bear this out. So, if some migrants are coming for the welfare state and they don't assimilate because of the welfare state, well, maybe, just maybe, Europe should should examine the welfare state as a whole. Thank you so much for listening and for watching. Please like and subscribe and share and help us to produce these kinds of reports at freedomainradio.com slash donate.